0: Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Hippolyte, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, welcome to another episode of the Surviving Second Gen Podcast. I'm your host, per usual. Um, but today I wanted to talk about, um, a topic that has been kind of running through my mind. Um, and it's about the expectation that, um, a lot of times that is put on second generation immigrants to take care of family. Um, and sometimes that. Expectation is spoken, unspoken, but it's still there that family is to be taken care of, um, and sometimes at the expense of self. So let's talk about it. Um, because I think, um, in my adult life, as I'm getting older and I'm thinking about my parents getting older, Um, My mom just retired. Uh, The expectation is um, more of a mental conversation that I'm having with myself. So nobody's like brought it to my attention. Nobody has told me that they have an expectation for me to take care of them currently. But as I move up in life with age and people around me grow up in age, I have been thinking about it. Um, But I think about how far back the expectation is put out there for a lot of second generation immigrants to take care of their families in some type of way. Um, And I think in general, it is a collectivist mindset You know, when we talk about collectivist societies and how we take care of one another and in a lot of um, immigrant backgrounds that I know, that's the mindset. Haitian culture, um, Asian culture, Indian culture, Mexican culture, other Hispanic cultures, um, there is this expectation that family stays together. Family also takes care of each other. Generations take care of other generations. Multiple generations sometimes live in households. So that's a lot of, um, again, collectivist ideas that run in immigrant households. And it's not to say that these ideas are good or are bad When I've talked about it before, I've talked about how it can sometimes conflict um, and uh, create identity issues for individuals who have been born or not even just born, but just raised in America because America is such an individualistic culture. So the ideology of um, being together, staying together, making decisions together can kind of clash with the ideas of the um, United States culture um, or Western culture. So um, I think for me, As I think about it more, and I'm really doing like a lot of processing, like there's a lot of things that that I want to say as I'm talking about it out loud. Um, I think about, you know, again how far back the idea of taking care of um, parents, grandparents, and other family members, like is is there? Um, Sometimes not even explicitly, but um, it's like an implicit thing. Um, And and you see a lot of, I don't know if you, if people follow like um, immigrant pages or I know I follow um, Haitian American pages and I've seen a lot of memes before or like videos where People make fun of how, when they were growing up, their moms or their parents would would be sending stuff to Haiti, and next thing you know, like, their mom has grabbed their stuff and saying, you know, hey, I'm about to ship it off, like, their clothes or belongings that their parents feel like they don't need anymore to give to relatives in Haiti, right? And then next thing you know, you might get sent a picture, and it's a picture of your cousin or somebody wearing clothes that you sent them, you know? and it happens like all the time you know like parents making um dooms and sending it off to to family members um and my mom did it all the time <laughs> when i was growing up she she was sending them off more than she does now but yeah it was again uh, i think almost in unspoken thing that that's that's what we do, right? Cause I have a lot of relatives in Haiti till this day. Um and we had more back then. Some have come into the states since I've been a child, but I still have a lot of relatives in Haiti. So um my my parents have always um you know provided for some and others in Haiti, as for as long as I can remember, right? Um, And I think, of course, there's a, there is an expectation, and uh, sometimes an obligation for first generation immigrants to take care of people back home. So like my parents, um, you know, there's a lot that they have on them as the first in their family to come into this country to take care of people back home sisters brothers uncles parents all of that so i definitely feel like there's a heavy expectation on them um but going back to that you know um uh explanation the example with the doom which how do you say doom in english uh Shucks. It's like a big uh gallon how do you say doom in English? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um but basically it's like a big thing barrel, right? Yeah, it's a big barrel that you could put like as much stuff that you could fit in a barrel and they ship it to other countries um over through uh boats on boats that's how they ship it so you know you fill it with as much things as you can and get it delivered to relatives back home so um when I think about that example I think about you know how there was no choice in that situation so my mom didn't come to me and say and say hey do you want to send some stuff to Haiti it was like hey I'm sending stuff to Haiti find some clothes that you can send find some shoes that you don't you know where anymore and send them. So it wasn't like I could say, well no, I don't want to send them. It was like we're sending stuff, go find some stuff. Um so there was no choice in that, right? And that again was kind of uh just a message put out there that yeah, we have some people that we got to take care of and you're part of that. Um so here's how you contribute. And it may sound out to some people like a first world problem that I'm complaining that I didn't get a choice to pick whether or not I can give stuff away you know considering the fact that I have the privilege to give stuff away like how dare I um so I get that that may sound like sound I don't know uh, entitled or spoiled to think that um but I think what, what I'm trying to the point that I'm trying to get across is that the the messaging there that there are people to take care of and I am obligated to take care of people that's the point I'm trying to get across so it wasn't like it you know I'm not using that example to say that I would have said no I mean I probably would have said always said yeah for sure um because I mean there's always clothes that I didn't wear till this day not too long ago (laughs) my mom Um, we were talking and she said there's some clothes that I have because I still have clothes at my parents' house even though I don't live there. Okay, who doesn't, right? I think. (laughs) Um, But the clothes that I have there are like over three years old. Um, But she told me, you know, the other day like, oh, she has some clothes that she wants to send off and she's going to like send all the things that I left in my closet. And even though I'm pretty sure I... I don't even know what's in that closet honestly because it's been so long and even though I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna wear any of those clothes there was still a part of me that was like well what exactly are you sending and how do you know that I don't need some of this stuff and she was like oh like Jenny like come on you don't need those clothes and again I know that I don't need them but it was just the the idea of her just taking my clothes and just send them off without I mean she kind of is based, she, she didn't ask me. She was basically telling me. <laughs> and she was just like, you know, we were kind of just going back and forth in that conversation about the clothes. And I, you know, was like, okay, whatever. You know, because, again, I, I don't think I need the clothes. But, um, yeah, you know, to this day, it's still a thing because my mom hasn't stopped taking care of people back home. Um, and... Um, so, yeah, you know, that that's a conversation that, that still comes up. But it's more of a conversation now, right? Because I'm an adult now. Um, but I think the um, messaging from a young age was hey, there are people to take care of. Um, and I think that messaging also um, extends to okay, there's people that need to be taken care of back home in your home country. And, um, there's an expectation to take care of your parents as well. And I think that goes back to, you know, parents, the first generation immigrants coming here to this country and doing so much for us and giving us this opportunity that we owe it to them to take care of them. So, um, so I think it's just, you know twofold like hey expectation to take care of my family like my immediate family who has done so much to me especially so much for me especially my parents to make sure that they understand that they are appreciated and um take care of Uh, people back home who don't have the opportunity that I have and they're still not in the best situation some of them um so you know I have to pay that forward too um I think for some people the pressure is more than others um me personally you know like I said the example from you know my parents sending things off was kind of like the messaging that I carried with me that there's always people you know who need something in some kind of way in my home country um but as i've gotten older i think i i i'm grateful my parents has never put me in a position where they made me feel like i had to take care of people back home and um when i say people like aunts uncles cousins like Direct, you know, blood family. Um, my parents never made me feel like, oh, there's people that you have to take care of. Um, I know that there's people that I can provide for and help, um, but there was never um, a a. Uh, a a request of me like, oh, you need to do this or do that for these people. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I know there's some people who are put in a, um, more uncomfortable situations where, um, you know, their parents may express to them that there's things that they have to do to take care of other people or other people reach out. Um, I mean, again, there's jokes and memes about, you know, the Haitian, the cousin in Haiti who's reaching out. And I mean, they do, (laughs) you know, they do reach out. But it's like, you know, what do you do with that? Um, And how do you uh, carry that expectation if it's there? Um, I think for me personally, the expectation, like I said, is more so on feeling like I have to, Pay it forward to my parents who have brought me into this country and have provided so much for me and I now have to care for them in some ways. Um, and I, I don't, again, I'm thankful for the parents that I have because the um, They have not explicitly made me feel that way. Um, I especially feel like over time, um, my mom has grew to understand more of the uh, U.S. society and how the the cultural values, uh, what am I saying? The values of U.S. society and how it differs from... Um, immigrant values, and some of the uh, positive of, I'll say positive, of um, Western society in terms of individualism. So with that, um, I think that there is less of a pressure that I feel to, hey, like everything I have has to go to my parents. But still, uh, there is, and, and, you know, I'm going to be honest, there's still a part of me that is still dealing with and trying to um, process uh, paying it forward to my parents. Because if I had it my way, I would give my parents everything. You know what I mean? Like, I would give them the world if I could, like... I would make sure that they were taken care of and they had no worries financially. Um, You know, like, nothing was a concern for them because of how much I appreciate them as people. Um, And I think that this is my own sense of uh, trying to understand how to pay homage to who they are and and what they've done for me um but it's a struggle because I think that pressure makes you feel like you have to have it all figured out um especially at a certain age you know because um, I'm in my 30s now and um I'm doing better than I was in my 20s, but I don't have it all figured out, (laughs) you know, like I feel like I've just started like in some ways just started figuring stuff out Um, and just in some ways just started in where I'm headed, Um, especially with my career. Like um, I feel like this is like a, a reset for me. Um, in terms of what I'm doing now and fulfilling my, my dreams and my passions, like this is just the beginning. Um, so yeah, with the expectation of having to have it figured out and not, I sometimes grapple with that because as I see my parents getting older, I see less and less time for me to pay it forward. So I just a, read something online that was basically saying that and when a woman doesn't choose to get married um, and they are getting married later in life, or they don't find a partner um, early in life, but more so later in life, they end up paying up to $500,000 more in living expenses than... A person who is married and I feel like I'm feeling it right now <laughs> like I feel like I'm starting to feel that now because again you know I'm, I'm in my 30s single you know unmarried and everything every expense every part of taking care of myself falls on me there is no um, partnership, collaboration with anyone else. It's all on me. Any risk that I take is all on me. Anything that doesn't work out going to fall all on me. So I'm still figuring that part out, right? So that's why it's hard for me to um, have this desire to pay it forward and do things to take care of others when I'm still figuring me out. You know, um, and I say that to say, like, I don't I don't I don't want to feel bad about it. You know, like, I don't want to feel bad that I haven't figured it out yet. Can I say at the point that I'm in in my life that I'm there's some things I wish I could have done better? Sure, because I think that there's some things that I could have done in my 20s that, I w- that would have set me up in a better place. That would have set me up to be in a better place than I am now. But, you know, I didn't know better. When you know better, you do better. So I know a lot more now. Um, I've gained a lot more knowledge in how to manage my life in the past five years. Even in the past two years. Even in the past year, (laughs) I've learned so much. Because 2022 was uh, interesting. (laughs) Interesting. So I learned so much and I'm still learning. So yeah, there's some things I could have done better, but there's some things that ultimately I'm just like, "Eh, you know, you live and you learn. And you know, here I am now and you live and you learn. So I don't want to feel ashamed that I don't have it all figured out. And I don't want you who's listening to feel ashamed that you don't have it all figured out. No matter where you are at in life. Especially if you're still in your 20s. Like, there's so much to learn in your 20s. And that doesn't mean that you should just mess up because you can. The more you know, the better you should be doing. Um, So it's not, this is not like a, hey, just go and mess things up in your 20s. But what I'm saying is don't put so much pressure on yourself to have it all figured out so that you can. Um, take care of other people, figure it out for yourself. Because I know for me, I'm not going to put pressure on myself to help someone else when I still have to help me. I want to have a backup plan for myself before I have a plan to take care of anybody else. So I want to make sure that my stuff is in order and I have something else to back me up just in case things are not in order before I decide to take on responsibility for anybody else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's that's serious to me. So that's why I don't ever want to put myself in a place where I am promising things and committing to things that I can't follow through on, on, a, on in a consistent basis. Like I don't, I don't want to do that to myself or anyone else that I am in any type of situation with, you know, family member wise. So that's why I am really evaluating this desire that I have and really looking at where I'm at right now and understanding that I can't help others until I help myself first. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to put myself in this situation where I have uh committed to taking care of someone fully or even partially when I don't have a plan uh, a concrete plan on how to take care of me and back that plan up okay I, I can't just have a plan a I need a plan a and b for myself before I have a plan a for somebody else and I think that's something that as second generation immigrants, we have to really remind ourselves this. Like you really have to tell yourself that I got to take care of me because while the collectivist mindset is a is a great thing and it makes sense, you got to think about how to apply that in a country that is not a collectivist country, right? You have to think about that in a space where if you are single and unmarried, how you have so many more burdens and expectations to do the things that regular everyday people do and can do easier if they are partnered, right? So if it's all on you, you don't have a backup plan you can't just be out here willy-nilly just being overly generous and you know your stuff isn't not intact that i i I mean for me i i don't like that i don't i don't like to feel that insecurity so i think it's okay to really remind yourself that hey look (laughs) before i can commit to anything else that makes me feel good or makes anybody else feel good or beyond feeling good just helps them come out of a situation, you got to make sure that you're preparing yourself for the long run. And that's, I mean, when you think about you know, generational wealth and building stuff for you and generations beyond you that is sustainable, that's how it's done. Um, if you are just working off of what you have in front of you present day and not preparing for the future then that's how the cycle continues of poverty or low income situations or living paycheck to paycheck if you're if you're not setting yourself up on a a consistent basis to have something set aside or um whether it's passive income or savings or, you know, investments that are setting you and your future up and future generations up, then it's always going to be this cycle of, okay, let me have, let me get as much as I need to take care of myself a little bit and take care of somebody else for a little bit and do that, you know, with just this minimal amount of money. Like, it's okay for you to, Stack up for X amount of years and know that that stack is good, that cushion is good, and then start pouring into other people. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now where I'm realizing, okay, what can I do to make sure myself and my cushion is good before I try to divide the bit of money that I have unto how many ever people? Because that's always going to keep me just trying to get money here and there because I, you know, there's so many things that I'm trying to take care of versus knowing that I have myself taken care of and I have extra on top of that, then I can feel comfortable to divvy up what's in front of me, you know? So I think that that's important to remind ourselves that and, um, you know, when you get to this place of like thinking about having it all figured out, it's like knowing that there's still so much time and there's still so much opportunity. You know, life, it, it's annoying sometimes when people really try to make it seem like 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35 is like old, it's not even it's not old like you're You're not even like you 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 barely just pass living a quarter of your life when you're 30 you know so for people to make it seem like that's old it's like bruh for some people that's when things just get started for a lot of people that's when their career is more intact than anything you know like I didn't I didn't come out of school with like some six-figure tech job like i see some people doing now who are like 21 and they're like in tech and they're you know making mad money and yes i'm hating right now as i'm saying this like because i see it like you know on TikTok and you know people that i you know actually come in contact with who are like making mad money, coming right out of school, you know, going into certain fields. Um, And that's great. Like, I'm great for them, you know, but that's not my story. (laughs) So, you know, like, I had to do some things to get to where I'm at right now, and I'm still not where I'm going to be at. That is for sure. This is not the end. Like, I'm still... Um, making moves I'm still level leveling up So yeah I can't um, Look at My situation And you know expect it To be a certain way If it wasn't set up that way for me And I can't be like You know telling myself That oh I'm 30 uh, something So I should have it figured out I don't I'm working on it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, but I'm working on it. And that's okay with me. And um, I, I want that to be okay with other people too as they really navigate what it looks like to um, pay it forward. It's something that, I, like I said, I'm still working through to really be okay with. And... I want to help other people be okay with that too, especially if they're struggling in this present moment that we're in right now to um, um, meet the expectation of taking care of other family members. We are currently basically in a recession. Times are hard right now. And if you have to take care of you by yourself and you don't have any other means of doing so focus on that you know what I mean like focus on taking care of you and doing what you need to do to get where you want to be because like you can't put all this pressure on yourself to get to this place at a certain time when literally it's we're, we're in a space right now where like all things are kind of crashing like just recently um even in tech just recently there has been a mass um letting go of people in the tech field so even they are struggling right now the people who are you know you know always supposed to have a job who are always making six figures so it's it's hard right now so you can't you know really make yourself feel like oh my gosh like this is you know this is when i need to f- figure it all out like it's okay take it one step at a time if there's financial goals that you need to reach figure out how you can get to them if you need to talk to a financial counselor if you need to process it in therapy you know if you have need to have real conversations with people in your life do so But don't, you know, get caught up in expectations that, again, don't necessarily fit the society that we're in right now, right? Um, We got to be able to adapt to what's going on right now and make it work for us so that, yes, we're honoring our culture and certain cultural expectations and still honoring ourselves and our needs, and that can happen too with conversations, honest conversations. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard. I think most of the times it, it's not easy. But um, most of the times it can be difficult to have those conversations. But sometimes that's what needs to happen so that people can know where you're at. And that expectation isn't just looming, but it can just be actually clarified on Hey, you know what? What do you expect now that I'm, you know, an adult and in this field and doing this and doing that? What are your expectations around being taken care, taken care of? You know what? What? What does that look like for you? You know, and then that may be the opportunity that you have to talk about what it is that you um, can do or want to do in the situation um, or in you know, around the value of taking care of parents because, you know, um, yeah, I think it makes it hard if it's looming and you already personally, you know, deal with the guilt or anxiety around it. Um, if you don't have any conversations, yeah, that that can really make it hard to to really be okay with where you're at and how things are going for you. So have conversations, process it. Don't be hard on yourself. Give yourself grace. That's 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 what um, I leave you all with when thinking about these conversations and um, these expectations that loom for a lot of, Um, second generation immigrants in the um, immigrant household and immigrant dynamics so I hope that that uh, helped you uh, process some of the thoughts and ideas around that and yeah that's what I got for today if nothing else thank you again for joining me on the second generation on the surviving second gen podcast i will see you all at the next one bye if you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole i invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gain from this episode this allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.